Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is... Uh, Tuesday, December 1st, we have a Twitter Tuesday, a special edition of our weekly mailbag. We didn't do one last week because of uh, Thanksgiving. We're getting it done today. And good thing, too, because we got a lot more questions for this one. So I was really happy to see the number of questions received via Twitter, received via email. And I am going to get to all of them in today's show. Um, Before we get started, obviously, I want to give a shout out to the folks over at Pepsi. This football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Uh... Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, folks. Again, we are on a Twitter Tuesday, so this entire show will be devoted to your questions. Let's get it started, shall we? We're going to start off with the email questions received. And this one I've actually been sitting on for um, since the 21st of November because it kind of came in after the deadline. So I wanted to hold this one. And this is from uh, somebody who goes by the handle um, Someday Inc. Um, who writes, my question is about Dave Gettleman. It seems like his first two drafts and free agent signings are not as good as this, as this past year's signings, especially the free agents. How much do you think this has to do with the head coach? Very, very good question. And you know what? It has a lot to do with the head coach. And I'll tell you why. The proof's kind of in the pudding with this one. Look last year at all the, all the Cardinals that the Giants brought in. You think that was done, you know, on purpose or, or, or by accident? Um, no, it was done on purpose. And, and no better example came than when Gettleman had a choice between Trey Boston, who was a player he drafted, and Antoine Bethay, who was a player that James Betcher, the, then the defensive coordinator, had in Arizona. And he went with... Um, Betcher's recommendation. So absolutely, to a degree, the coaching staff does influence the players that are brought in. And I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of people, you know, when they bash Dave Gettleman, they say, oh, he screwed up. He drafted this guy. He did this. He did that. With Gettleman, it has always been a collaborative process with the coaching staff. Now, are there instances where Gettleman will overrule them? Yes, if he feels that a guy wants too much money or, you know, the value isn't there or he has to give up too much to make a trade to get a player, he will, he'll say no. But for the most part, Gettleman is, is there to help the coaching staff by getting them what they need in order to, to, um, to be competitive. And I go back to, you know, I tell this story all the time on the podcast. I go back to when, Gettleman uh, at the combine this past year, I had asked him a question about um, if he had everything he needed on defense. And he made the comment. He said, I need to get Pat, that being Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, I need to get Pat some specific players that he's looking for. 
So that right there convinced me that, that yes, Gettleman, um, the personnel decision he makes uh, are, are largely driven by what the coaching staff asks for and what their needs are. So thank you for that question. All right, up next, Andrew Graff, who writes, um, let me see, do you think Logan Ryan is a must to resign in the offseason? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, besides the fact, you know, the guy is having a Pro Bowl type of season, his presence in the locker room, you know, if he had been here right from the get-go, I guarantee you he would have been voted a captain. He's just been that good. He's, he's a model a citizen, just just a tremendous, tremendous human being. And, and uh, absolutely, I, I would try to resign him. Now, I have no idea what he's going to be looking for. He kind of took a little bit of a, a, a discount, if you will, to sign with the Giants. At one point, it was rumored he was looking for $10 million a season. Next year, remember, the salary cap is going to drop. We don't know what the number is. I think it's going to be somewhere between 176 and 180 million is what I saw. Um, so I think that, yes, the Giants will, will look to maybe bring him back. And, you know, just think a safety combination with him, Peppers, um, McKinney. You know, what What a tremendous uh, trio that would be. And and Logan Ryan is still young enough to where there's no reason why he can't, he can't play, you know, for another few years. So, yes, definitely I'm in favor of re-signing him. All right, up next, John Gerstein with questions. And he has two questions. Let's take a look. Um, all right. Now, question number one, I feel as though many in the media, excluding you, of course, spent a lot of time and energy criticizing Andrew Thomas early this year, but very little time or energy talking about how he's played the last few weeks. Um, do you feel the same way? Um, John, I tend not to look at what others are saying. Uh, and I, I've said this before, I'm concerned about making sure I give my listeners and my readers accurate information as close as possible to, to what I can get. Um, I, I don't worry about what the other people are writing or saying. I, I very rarely, if ever, read anything that they say or write because, quite honestly, they are hearing the same things I am hearing, so there's really no point in me reading what they're writing. Um, so, you know... Regarding Andrew Thomas, look, I'll tell you the way I see it, and and um, you know I just don't think Andrew Thomas has been as 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 horrible. You know he's not he's not a bust in any way, shape, or form. Like some people, you know, and when I say some people, I'm talking about fans now who are on my timeline saying that Dave Gettleman screwed up yet again. I just don't feel that 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 is an accurate statement. All right, let's see. Question number two from John. With the exception of you and a few others, I don't think the media is giving Dave Gettleman enough credit for the middle and back portions of the draft or for his hiring Joe Judge. Um, do you agree that there is an anti-Gettleman bias amongst many in the media? Um, first off, I gotta, I've got to correct you on something there, John. Um, Gettleman did not hire Judge. That was an ownership decision. 
you know, Gettleman did interview Judge because obviously the two men have to work together. So there had to be some feedback. But ultimately, that decision was made by John Mayer and Steve Tisch. But again, um, I don't want to I, I don't really pay attention as much to what others are saying in the media, because, again, we all get the same information for the most part. We all pretty much have identical sources. I mean, nine times out of 10, I think we can probably figure out who each other, you know, when we say sources say, we can probably figure out who's who those sources are. Um, I'm just concerned about what I do. And, you know, I've been called a Gettleman apologist, and that is not true. You know, I, I have said many, many times before that Gettleman has not been perfect, that there have been things he's done that I don't agree with. With that said, I do not think he is as bad as maybe some of the fans seem to believe he is. You know, I, I look at, and, and I don't mean to sound condescending here, but I try to look at the entire picture, you know, the salary cap, what the circumstances were at the time when he made a move. You know, you take, for example, Nate Solder, and everybody is seems to be killing uh, Gettleman from signing Solder to such a big contract. And, you know, my question is, is what, what was he supposed to do? And somebody said, well, why didn't they, you know, trade for, for Trent? Um, I think it was Trent, Trent Richardson. And I'm like, that would have necessitated giving up draft picks. So, you know, it, it, no matter what, you're not going to please everybody. And, you know, the Giants, unfortunately, they had no choice but to sign Solder. They didn't want to give up draft assets, and they chose to, to bring Solder in. And for maybe the first year, he was okay. And then, unfortunately, things started to slide down when he had injuries. But, you know, it is what it is, and I'm not going to kill him for that because at the time, the mood made sense. And, and as I recall, a lot of people at the time were very happy that that move was made. So thanks for the questions, John. And folks, we are going to take our first break. When we come back, we have plenty more questions on this Twitter Tuesday. Stay with us. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. So be sure to pick up a nice, cool Pepsi to enjoy while you watch Giants football. And don't forget, check out madeforfootballwatching.com for the latest football watching content exclusively from Pepsi. Hey, New York Giant fans. This is Patricia Trainer, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I'm here to tell you a little bit about my new book, The Big 50, New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This book is a comprehensive collection of stories and events highlighting some of the most memorable moments in the New York Giants franchise history, including unforgettable moments like the four Super Bowls, the Eli Manning trade, the greatest game ever played, the transformation of head coach Bill Parcells, Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson, and so many more. The book also takes you behind the scenes on some of the franchise's changing moments, such as the fumble, the passings of Wellington Mara and Bob Tisch, the final farewell of the old Giants Stadium, and so much more. 
featuring 50 chapters and over 300 pages of rich storytelling and detail complete with loads of photos, this paperback will transport you back in time to the memories as they unfolded and give you a look behind the scenes at some of the men who made them happen. With a foreword written by former general manager Ernie Accorsi, the Big 50 New York Giants is a must-have for every New York Giants fan. So be sure to pick up your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever else books are sold. And thank you for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants Twitter Tuesday today with Patricia Trena. Thank you all so much for the great questions. Um, we are continuing with some email questions we received. And up next, Renato Parente uh, has a bunch of uh, questions for me. Let's see. So let's, uh, first of all, greetings to Renato, who is in Brazil, and to all our listeners, actually, all over the country, wherever you are. We're all over the world. We have, a, I know we have some listeners over in the UK. I think we have a couple in Germany, some down in Australia. So I do appreciate you tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast. I appreciate the letters and the feedback and everything, and just really, you know, honored. I know you've got a choice. There's 50 million podcasts on the Giants. And uh, you have a choice who you listen to, so I do appreciate you listening to me. All right, so let's get to Renato's questions. Leonard Williams was a beast, but also a bit reckless in Sunday's game. Do you think he has either regained that eager smash to to that eagerness to smash opponents, or is he trying to build a case for renewal of his contract or something else? Um, you know what, Renato, it's interesting. Um. Sometimes um, pass rushers, it's a matter of timing. And sometimes if your timing is off, it can result in a late hit against the quarterback. Now, where it gets a little tricky, and this, this used to drive me nuts, actually, when Olivier Vernon was here. Vernon would get to the, the quarterback late, and instead of kind of like backing off a little bit, he, he, I guess his momentum would, would carry him to um you know into the quarterback so with that said um i i just think that williams is definitely fired up but i don't think he looks to purposely you know create these penalties that you know they just kind of happen and you know it could be a heat of the moment thing it doesn't excuse it but um you know what drives me nuts is when the timing is clearly off and, and, and you, you know, you just have that surge of, of, of testosterone that just makes you want to smash into the quarterback. So I don't know if I answered your question really well there, but uh, I, I, I just don't think it, it's I just think it's just Leonard Williams getting caught in the moment. And that doesn't excuse those the boneheaded penalties, but they happen. So, um, all right. The next question from Renato: the old line has given up zero sacks last game. Even though I thought the Bengals' D-line was pretty intense, have you seen something different from Googs' system, or is this more of a merit of the progress the O-line had throughout the season? Renato, I saw that as well. I don't think it was something necessarily that Googs changed. 
basically the Bengals don't have a good pass rush. I mean, I wrote about this, I think, in my, I'm trying to remember which article I did on Giants Country. I believe it was the report card. Yeah, it was the report card. And I made note of the fact that the Giants quarterbacks really weren't pressured. You know, the, the Bengals didn't run a lot of blitz blitzes and you know that was a big thing if you're not blitzing on every other you know on on a high percentage then obviously the number of pressures you're going to allow is is going to go down so i think it was more you know i don't want to take away you know credit from the offensive line don't get me wrong but the 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 bengal's just they didn't blitz they didn't come with the heat as much as other teams have done in the past so i think that's probably you know a big reason why that happened all right, next question from Renato. Um, Yadam and Darnay Holmes have done a solid game, had a pretty solid game yesterday. Would we, st- given the way they're going, do we think, would we still need a higher cornerback uh, two in the next draft? Yeah, I think you have to draft a, a, a CB2. You know, Yadam can be, you know, a dime guy, you know, a guy in the dime. There's nothing wrong with Holmes. Holmes is your nickelback, so I, I don't think you need to replace him. But I would definitely look to add a cover corner. Absolutely, you know, Yadam. Um, his strength is man press in zone. He's not quite as as effective. So yes, I would definitely add another cornerback in the draft next year if the opportunity were there. Thanks, Renato, for your questions. Um, up next, we have Jack. Bogley, I think that's how you say that. Yeah, Jack in Charlottesville. Okay. Um, thank you, Jack, for the kind words about the podcast. All right, so far. Okay, your question is, how would you grade the performances of the coaches so far? Namely, Judge Graham Garrett and McGahee. Um, How would I grade them? Um, Judge, I would definitely give an A. I think Judge has done, there's very, as a matter of fact, I can't think of anything now that I think about it that Judge has done that I disagree with. I think he's just done a, a tremendous job right from the get-go. You know, you, you hear these coaches when they're first hired, they had this big speech about how they're going to, how things are going to change, how they're going to bring back pride and yay, yay, let's go team. But very few of them really have a plan and Judge just has had a plan that he's executed and he's stuck with it above all, which has been impressive. So I definitely give him an A. Patrick Graham, I'm going to give him an A as well. And the reason why I'm going to give him an A is because I think of all the units, the defense probably had the most question marks coming into the season between Graham being a one-year defensive coordinator and all the talent he had and what he might have been missing. And the fact that Graham has been able to plug guys in left and right when he's had holes due to injuries or suspensions or what have you, I just think he's done an admirable job. And, you know, the addition of Logan Ryan, who I spoke about in the first segment, has been humongous. It's been a a game changer for the Giants. The play of James Bradbury huge. The play of Blake Martinez has been unbelievable. And and even, you know, getting the the uh performance that they've gotten out of Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson 
and um, you know, Jabril Peppers is having a better season. It's just, it just seems like everybody who was here last year is just having a better season on defense. And Graham has come in and put to, put in a system that he has adapted to what he has, as opposed to trying to force square pegs into round holes, which, as you know, was my major complaint about the previous coaching staff. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely give him an A. Now, McGahee, look, I've always liked McGahee. I think he's done a solid job with special teams. Last week against the Bengals, they had an off week. Let's let's call it for what it is. The coverage units were awful. But for the most part, the special teams units have been top-notch, last week being the exception. With Jason Garrett, I, Garrett, I think I would probably give him, I'm going to say a B-. minus. If you had asked me this maybe a month ago, I would have given him probably a C-, minus. but the fact that they've been able to get the running game going, the fact that they've made the offensive line rotation work, that they've adjusted to where they're getting the offense out of, I'm sorry, the ball out of the quarterback's hand quickly, that they are um, finally use, utilizing Evan Ingram, um, taking advantage of his speed, uh, that they're mixing who they're, who, who's featured in the offense. I think Jason Garrett is starting to hit his stride. So I'll give him a B minus. There's still a lot they have to kind of adjust and, and fix, but you know, all things considered, without Saquon Barkley in the lineup, I, I, I don't think, you know, I think uh, Garrett has done a tremendous job as well. So I'm very happy with, um, with with the job the coaching staff has done. I can't sit here and say that there's anybody on this staff who, to me, has been a disappointment. And that includes the position coaches. So, all right, folks, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. Stay with us in segment three. We'll wrap it up with the Twitter questions on this Twitter Tuesday. If you're looking for that added boost to help you break through that afternoon wall, check out Built Go. Built Go comes in convenient 1.5 ounce packets and three delicious flavors to give you that surge of energy with just a third of the caffeine and without the crash feeling of other energy boost products. And now you can try Built Go at a special price. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED to get 30% off your next order. That's BuiltGo.com with the promo code LOCKED for your 30% discount. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you. And just a reminder, on Thursday, we will have the crossover show. Corbin Smith of Locked on Seahawks will join me and we'll talk Giants Seahawks. That's going to be a big one for the Giants, of course. They got to keep the, the the train rolling. Get somehow get that win if they can, and um, you know it's going to be a tough one. I think the Seahawks are the toughest game remaining on the Giants' schedule, but uh, you know anything is possible. That's why you line up and you play the game every week. So we will see if they can do that. All right, let's get back to um, the questions, and these are all the Twitter questions that I received, and we're going to kick it off with uh, let's see, Alex. Alex E. at NYFan1987, was Slayton still hurt or was, a re- was it a re-injury? Um, 
and Alex is talking about Darius Slayton, who didn't get uh, many opportunities um, in, in last week's game. Alex, I think Slayton might still be dealing with a foot injury. I, I don't know that for sure. That's what it looked like to me watching him. I don't know if it was a re-injury or, or, or a new injury or whatnot, but that would be my guess as to what's going on. Um, thank you for that question. Next question comes from, um, let me see, this is from Giants fans in LA. Kickoff coverage and return coverage have been bad all year. I'm sorry, kickoff coverage and returns have been bad all year. Other teams have constantly returned kicks past 25 with Giants. They're constantly stopped. What's the issue here? I'm going to disagree with you. A kickoff coverage hasn't been horrible. It hasn't been, you know, I wouldn't say it's top 10, but I think it was, it was really, you know, evident in Sunday's game. Now, I went back and looked at that particular play, and I need to see the All-22 because you can't really tell on the TV broadcast, but it looked like to me that I think it was C.J. Board overran the kickoff returner, um, Brandon Wilson. And once he overran him, because of the blocking and the Giants were being unable to uh, get off of blocks, I think that's what happened there. That's, you know, that's why uh, Wilson had so much space. The punt return one, I didn't get a chance to look at. Again, I want to look at the All-22 because you just don't see everything on the TV broadcast. But, um, you know, that, yeah, the, the, the return gains were bad on, on, or I should say the coverage gain was, was bad um, last week for sure. Um, punt returns. The thing about Jabril Peppers, and this is one of the things that I just don't like about Peppers as a returner. Yes, he's explosive. Yes, he can pick up yardage, and he's and he's done a a, a good job. But his decision making, as a as a rule, leaves something to be desired. There was that one punt where he let it bounce behind him instead of fielding it, and I think the ball took a took a Bengals bounce. And the Giants lost something between 10 and, it was like 10 and 13 yards of field position. And I was absolutely screaming at the television. I was like, what are you doing, man? So I think that's a big reason why they, they brought in Dante Pettis, to, who will take over that role. I am, I'm fairly certain he will take over that role um, once he is off the COVID-19 list and deemed to be, um, you know, 100% uh, recovered. So, um, you know, for the time being, they need somebody to return punts. Peppers has done it. Golden Tate has done it. So, you know, look, at this point, I would say just put somebody back there just to field the ball and don't really worry about a return until you, you get Pettis in there. So, all right, thanks for that question. And um, let's see, we have another one actually from... Um, Giants fans in LA. Why didn't Judge instruct Garrett to run three times up the middle and kick the field goal to go up nine? McCoy is more likely to fumble than a running back. Okay, I think you're talking about the last sequence. I don't know. You know what? That question didn't come up in the press conference. I don't 
agree with you that McCoy is more likely to fumble than a running back. I don't know where you're, what you're basing that opinion on. Um, he, I, I think I, I, okay. I see what you're saying. You're saying why run wide? The reason why you run wide, I think in that situation, even though I have said in the past that I don't like wide plays down by the goal line, you're trying to kill the clock in that situation. So you go with a slower developing play, and hopefully you take a few more seconds off the clock. I think that's probably factored into to why they ran that sequence the way they did. So um, you know that's the best explanation I can come up with. Um, all right, next question comes from One Fishy Scientist. Given that this coaching staff tends to bring out the best of players, do you think we'll see Colt McCoy play his best football with the Giants? I hope so. I mean, if he has to, um, if he has to start, I hope so. Look, I mean, I I want everybody on the Giants to do well. I've said this a million times to you guys. It is easier for me to write about a win than it is about a loss. Not to mention my Twitter feed, which I enjoy for the most part, is a lot nicer when I have to tune in and I see happy faces and happy fans talking about, um, you know, the win as opposed to people who are pissed off and, and just, you know, sometimes they're just, you should see some of the stuff on my Twitter account. I mean, it's scary. It just really is scary. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy and that the players are, are playing their best ball and I hope it, it keeps up. All right. Up next, uh, one fishy scientist with another question. Um, can you talk about Levine Tololo? How's he playing? Do you feel he has a big impact on the success of the run game? Um, I thought Tololo played well on Sunday. Up until then, if I'm being honest with you, I thought he played an invisible game. I mean, Caden Smith started to take more snaps from him and pass him, you know, as being the number two tight end. So that, to me, spoke volumes and, and, and should tell you also what you need to know about the type of year Levine Toilolo has had. I never understood why they even brought him on board. I was a big Caden Smith fan last last year. I am still a Caden Smith fan. Um, and I think, you know, that kid's definitely got a future here. So that's all I'll say about that. Uh, that one, I hope that answers your question. Um, next up is PJ Maz813. I know it was only one showing, but the offense looked horrible with McCoy. Any chance they pick up another quarterback? Pete, I don't know what you define as horrible. Uh, I don't. I disagree. I, I thought the offense looked okay. I mean, look, McCoy's coming in off the bench, Cole. You're asking him to be a game manager. That's at that point. He completed sixty percent of his pass attempts. You know, were there a few boneheaded plays? Yes, but. You know, every quarterback has them. Um, now, are they going to pick? Try to pick up another quarterback? Not to start. No. I mean, they're going to. They they they're bringing in Alex Tanny um, to to start the COVID uh, protocols, which we kind of expected. Joe Judge actually said that when he spoke to the media earlier today. Um, so so. Uh, Tanny's going to be brought in, but I think that's more of the, as a depth player than it is to uh, supplant 
Colt McCoy as a starter. So, you know, let's let's wait and see what happens here. Um, I don't think Jones is going to play on Sunday, but you never know. You never know. So um, let's see how how the week unfolds. And uh, we'll go from there, obviously. All right. Let's see if we have anything else. Yep. One more. Uh, Rich. uh, Let's see. Richard P. Vela. Would the Giants sign Kaepernick or maybe bring Eli if Jones can't go? No. No to both. Um, Eli is retired. Um, He's not coming back, folks. You know, and and quite frankly, and, and I'm not saying you did this, Richard, but I find it funny. I see on my Twitter timeline a lot of people who kept screaming to me, oh, Eli is done. They should get him to retire, blah, blah, blah. Now they want to see Eli brought back. And that's just not this week. This was earlier in the season when Jones was having the turnover problems. So I never got that. It's like you were screaming about him being finished and washed up and now you want him back? Come on. And, you know, the thing with Kaepernick, um, it's twofold. Number one, would he be willing to come in and be a part of somebody's practice squad? That would be the first thing you'd have to find out. The second thing, and this is the same issue that the Giants are having right now with with Alex Tanney, every player they bring in, they would have to bring in um, and have a five-day window to allow for the COVID-19 entry uh, protocol to be complete. So let's say they brought in Kaepernick, for example, or or any quarterback, you know, that wasn't with them in camp. So now you've got the five days before you can even get the guy on the field. Now he's, you know, you can't really use him. You know, you can't play him that weekend because he doesn't really know the offense. You know, you'd have to really dumb it down and you're playing meaningful football now. Now is not the time to do that. So by the time you get that quarterback maybe up to speed, if Daniel Jones's injury isn't that serious, then why would you go and spend that kind of money? You know, you'd want to spend it on maybe a, a guy willing to take a practice squad spot or a minimum deal. So I don't know what Kaepernick would be looking for in terms of money, but I understand why the Giants would go back to, um, you know, names that they're familiar with. Joe Judge actually said this way back when, when the roster cuts were made, he said, I told these guys, you know, stay in shape and we're going to keep your numbers on speed dial if we need you. So that's unfortunately is what COVID-19 has done and, and why you're seeing, you know, Alex Tanney in the mix to come back if he um, passes the uh, COVID-19 entry protocol. All right, Giant fans. Perfect. That was a great group of questions. Thanks to everybody who sent the bin. And uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in. We'll do our next, you know what, let's do our next Twitter mailbag next Tuesday. How about that? That way you guys have a full week to get your questions together. And also we can see how the game unfolds. We'll do it that way. I think that'll make the most sense. And um, for the rest of the week, you know, we'll have a show tomorrow, obviously. And like I said, on Thursday, we will have the uh, crossover show with Corbin Smith of Locked on Seahawks. And we'll just do our best to get you ready for what's coming up in Giants country. And thank you again for listening. We will talk again soon.